Hey guys, welcome to the Cool Christian Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Centeno. On this podcast is where I get to ask questions like the nerd that I can be, looking to learn from the cool Christian nerds I know around me that have something to teach. Now let's dig in. So what we're exploring this week, the question is church unity possible in Philly. So I'm with a Philadelphia Gospel Movement chief organizer, Glenn McDowell. Hey, Glenn. Hey. Great to be with you, Jamie. Yeah, man. Good to have you here in studio. Um, So I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. And in getting to know you, I want you to just take us briefly on your personal life journey that's brought you here to this point. I grew up in two cultures. I grew up, I was born in Asuncion, Paraguay. Wow. And... um, Grew up in a Paraguayan culture, and my parents were American missionaries there, so regularly had American influences, culture, and it was great. I loved it, and I still value and see myself as bicultural. Um, but that's also brought me into the picture of the, the church in Philadelphia, and uh, yeah, we we are many cultures here, and that's the beauty of, of God's church, the body, the bride of Christ. Were you always here in? Well, you weren't always here in Philadelphia, but. Uh, were you, like, what's your experience here in Philadelphia? Yeah. Game so, later in life? So um, I came here as a junior in high, junior in high school. Okay. Uh, graduated from Upper Darby High School mm-hmm. uh, and then went to college in Philadelphia and got involved in a church uh, while I was in college uh, where I ended up becoming one of the pastors uh, for 14 years, the church in Center City. And uh, during that time at that church, uh, we went on like a, a, a retreat in Pittsburgh, uh, the three of us pastors, to learn what was happening in Pittsburgh, uh, where the body of Christ was coming together, where they wanted Pittsburgh to be more famous for Jesus than for steel. Hmm. And so they started bringing youth ministries, churches across different denominations, college student ministries all together to have an impact for that city. And we came back from that weekend saying, wow, there's nothing like that happening in Philadelphia. and We need to start bringing together uh, the body of Christ. So that that was uh, in the 1990s, and that mm. began my pilgrimage on working on bringing the diverse elements of the body of Christ together in Philadelphia. And so what did that look like from there? So that was, you said you were a young adult during yes. that time? Yeah. And so that was had a, that marked you, that had an impression on you. And from there, you get into pastoring and getting involved with some ministries. What was that looking like on, until you got to this point. Right. So one of the things we started doing was bringing together uh, some diverse pastors uh, for an overnight monthly retreat. Uh, we, we got together uh, evening, spent the night uh, in a large home in Riverton, New Jersey, and uh, prayed uh, together. Uh, so I was uh, a pastor at that time, uh, one of the, the new pastors at a large, mostly white church of many professionals. Uh, from and, and many college students and graduate students, uh, but one of the pastors who connected with us was uh, pastor. One of the pastors at the time of the largest church in Philadelphia in those days, Deliverance Evangelistic Church on North Broad Street, where uh, Dr. Ben Smith was senior pastor. Hmm. And uh, so I started connecting with uh, that pastor, other pastors who were very different than me, and those relationships uh, continue to today. In fact, that. Uh, one of those pastors from Deliverance, Dr. Wesley Pinnock, uh, I now meet with monthly uh, with another group of pastors. Uh, so um, the Lord has built those relationships 
that have lasted over decades. But at the same time, I, w- I should say that for uh, a while, I got caught up in, uh, in good ways, planting churches and helping others plant churches, and didn't think so much about the unity of the church until about a, uh, eight years ago. And the Lord put a burden on my heart that this is something I needed to give attention to because nobody else was really bringing the body of Christ together or at least working uh, very intentionally for that. And we are, the body of Christ in Philadelphia is broken. We're broken socioeconomically, by ethnicity, city and suburbs, and along generations. And uh, so there's a lot of work to do. People who know North American cities and the church in those cities say that the regional church in Philadelphia is more isolated and disconnected from itself than any other major city in the U.S. Wow. Wow. Your, your journey sounds like this is not just something that's been recent. It's like this has been for a while percolating and happening, and there's some things you intentionally have done about it in the past. And now it's been um, two years ago, maybe two or three years ago, where we got to meet. Yes. And that's when this current new initiative, the Philadelphia Gospel Movement, started to take place, where, again, you started working in the city of Philadelphia with leaders all across um, Philadelphia for a common purpose. So tell me a little bit of how that's been going uh, since we've connected and some of the efforts that have been more recent. Yes. Uber is the largest transportation company in the world, but they don't own a car. Facebook is the largest uh, organization that communicates, but they don't have a single journalist on their staff. Airbnb is the largest room rental agency in the world, but they don't own a hotel or a house. They're all platforms. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia Gospel Movement is a platform to bring together and connect the body of Christ, not just for the sake of unity, which is what Jesus prayed for, but Jesus prayed, Father, may they be one as you and I are one, that the world may believe that you sent me. So we're a platform to bring the body of Christ together that Philadelphia might believe, and through that there might be gospel transformation. Transformation in real ways, such as measurable changes in addressing the deep needs, poverty, the schools being broken, uh, sex trafficking, uh, opioid addiction, uh, many deep needs here. Uh, The government has a role with that, but apart from the body of Christ, those needs will not be addressed in deep ways in our city. Yeah, so that's part part of the purpose then is in bringing together churches is what, what would you say that they would recognize our need for one another, recognize all these things that you stated that it's not going to take one church, it's going to take all the churches? Is that some of it? That's it. Uh, we believe that the needs here are too big for any one church or even one network of churches to address alone. So we need to come together and ask the question, what can we do together to bring transformation to our city that we can't do apart from one another? So people are hearing that, and that's resonating with some people. But what, how, how's it going, going, when it comes to getting people to really buy in and um, become a part of it? How's that going, in your honest opinion? It's hard. It's tough. Uh, we Christians, beginning with me and my own heart, we tend to be competitive. We tend to look at our own reputation. How are we doing in the eyes of others? And it's no different for churches. It's no different for pastors. 
so um, we have to start with building trust. Uh, and um, we, a gospel movement will only move forward at the speed of trust. Mm-hmm. So uh, it means uh, bringing pastors together uh, in smaller groups, settings, sometimes by neighborhoods, sometimes by other affinities, uh, groups like Shepherd's Club, meeting here in Hunting Park. Uh, and there are about 35 different networks of pastors meeting in greater Philadelphia currently that I'm aware of, and actually many more that I'm not yet aware of. Uh, and uh, so that's where it begins, is building relationships, pastors praying together, uh, but then the next step is that being a catalyst to move forward to address needs in our city. Um, uh, and probably the best way to start is by neighborhood doing that. Gotcha. And I ask you that question because I'm, I'm always interested in people's experience in bringing together churches and, and what that looks like to have um, authentic unity. Because I've been at the Shepherds Club for about 10 years, um, and we started at a very small uh, place where it was just a few pastors and some would few would show up one day sometimes it was one and sometimes it was a lot of people and and so there was inconsistency in the beginning and uh, but there was some people that were really for the bringing together of churches and they were really championing this effort of the shepherds club which was the idea was caring for people who care for others and um and, and really doing it in a relational way with no agenda. So so we've been doing that, but it has been tough for us as well. Um, I don't know if it's if it's just one of those things like there's suspicions and what is this about and 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 I'm guessing also many efforts have been made um, to do something like this. So I know there's a bunch of barrier barriers and hurdles um, to do this and and I've been doing it pretty consistently for about 10 years. And it sounds like you've been doing it for longer than that. But the most recent Philadelphia Gospel uh, Movement, how many years has that been happening? That began in a formal way in September of 2016, uh, where a group of us gathered together at American Bible Society and uh, asked that question, what can we do together that we can't do apart? And uh, there was consensus that we need to form a team of people uh, who would pursue that uh, and, and provide leadership for the body of Christ in that? So, out of the, so that day, we formed the what was called the servant team for Philadelphia Gospel Movement, and and you've been a part of that from the beginning. One of the founders of Philadelphia Gospel Movement, um, and um, even bringing oneness within that servant team has been challenging because we're, we're different people uh, with different perspectives and priorities. So, what I'm learning that uh, is most helpful in bringing the body together is to think in terms not of boundary sets, but a center set. Boundary sets means we relate to one another on our boundaries of our doctrine, our tradition. Uh, This is the way we've always done it, or these are our particular doctrinal distinctives. Center set means we relate to one another out of what's at the center. Jesus is at the center. Jesus and and the core gospel. So if we're relating to one another, do you love Jesus and I love Jesus, we're, and we love our city, uh, therefore we can work together. Uh, in fact, I, I, there are three basic questions that I've learned from my brother uh, Rob Kelly in Charlotte is, do you love Jesus? Do you love Philadelphia? And do you believe that the church working together can bring transformation to our city? 
That's really good. So I was a part of it then. I was a part of that first meeting when yes. it was coming together. And I remember that. It was at American Bible Society. And we had, um, that, that was a large group of people. Yes. Right? And I think there was another group there that had been meeting at American Bible Society Shepherd's Table. Yes. So some of that was, um, were they a part of this? Yeah. So way? Shepherd's Table, which I was a part of from when, when that started, was really the background for Philadelphia Gospel Movement. Mm -hmm. It was a great place for people to meet and network. The weakness was it didn't have an intentional goal other than people meeting and networking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we needed to go to the next step, which was uh, form uh, a team of people uh, that would be intentional about bringing transformation to our city. And when we talk about transformation, I think in measurable terms, and I think of three things that ultimately we want to measure. That is an increasing number of the disciples of Jesus. In fact, increasing percentage of the population uh, because we know statistically in greater Philadelphia as well as the rest of the nation, uh, those who are involved in a church uh, is dropping, especially those under age 35. So we not we want to see that trend reversed. So that making more disciples is the first one that, w- that we want to measure. Second, addressing the deep needs of the city. Philadelphia, of the largest cities in the U.S., has the highest poverty rate the highest deep poverty rate, uh, and some say that the school district of our city is the most under-resourced school district of any city in the U.S. Uh, so there are deep issues there, um, and the church can come alongside and, and address those issues. And then the third area is Christians living out the gospel in every sphere of society, mm-hmm. arts and entertainment, business, government, health care, housing, social services, uh, education, and every sphere. We want Christians to boldly uh, live out the gospel, make a difference um, there. Uh, I was recently at a meeting with the uh, one of the, the president of the largest Coca-Cola bottling company, um, and he said he used to be fearful that within his company he could be open about his Christian faith. He thought maybe there's some federal rules against it or something like that. But he came to realize that there's no, no rules against that. He can publicly uh, proclaim his faith and have chaplains in his business. And for those who are not Christians, uh, for his, he gave it as an example, his Muslim employees, he said, you're, you're free to have your own prayer meetings and propagate your faith. Uh, we're all free to propagate our faith. And so he's now very bold in encouraging not only within his Coca-Cola bottling company, but encouraging other business executives to uh, be bold in uh, uh, providing chaplains and services on meeting needs uh, within his company. And as a result, he's seen marriages saved. He's seen grieving families comforted. He's seen families who go through times of crisis where the whole group in that bottling company will come together and and, get, and help that the family that's in a crisis or in a time of need. That's neat. So, take us a little bit from uh, the take us on a journey from that point where we got together there at the shepherd's table. There was a forming of a servant team from there, and now just take us on a journey to right. this point. This now, what has happened for people that are looking to do this? And they're maybe starting at the same point. They've gathered people. What has the journey looked like? Because everybody's journey is unique. Right. There's been meetings. There's been prayer. What, what, what has it looked like up to this point um, that we find ourselves? Well, one of the unique things that we want to do 
that hasn't always been true historically when there have been efforts to bring unity in the church in a city is that uh, we want to engage not only church leaders but Christian marketplace leaders very intentionally uh, because often Christian marketplace leaders have a stronger voice in society or a more respected voice than pastors do, especially uh, speaking as a white pastor. Uh, white pastors often are not respected in society anymore because, uh, and I think for good reasons, because we've been a part of uh, the status quo of racism uh, and oppression uh, and uh, not even recognizing our privileged status and our congregation's privileged status. And so uh, often we're not respected, uh, but business leaders are respected. So we want to bring in the business leaders who are Christians, and we want to bring in nonprofits, Christian ministry leaders. So the three legs of the stool, church leaders, business leaders, and other marketplace leaders, including in the arts, and, and then Christian ministry leaders. So that's something we want to do. But moving, but uh, over the last three years, I would say in some respects it looks like we're moving slowly because the, the hardest work is building trust through relationships. And so we've been working on that. Uh, now we're ready to go to the next step, which is to bring together a large gathering of Christian leaders in Philadelphia to celebrate what God's already doing here and to accelerate the gospel. So we're going to do that November 9, 2019, Movement Day, Philadelphia. Uh, and as an intermediate step to build to that, we're holding an event in May, May 17, uh, to bring together some uh, uh, a smaller group, but of key Christian leaders, uh, uh, leaders of networks of churches and key business and ministry leaders to ask their, their input on the agenda for Movement Day in November. Yeah, so the journey has been um, gatherings and, and meetings that have been building relational trust along with some strategy of meeting with uh, marketplace leaders and others to bring them to the table in some ways. But yeah, you're right, take some time to build trust, uh, especially if you're saying like historically uh, Philadelphia has been a unique animal in how it has kind of been pushing back and very territorial and very suspicious yes. when it comes to um, any type of efforts to bring things together. So let me let me say, let me ask you this. This is a little bit more personal, but um, how do you work through the reluctancy that people might have towards you? And, and maybe even you've caught that it's deep suspicions that people might have towards what you're trying to do. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced reluctancy first or maybe some suspicion? Has that been the case at all uh, from your sense or not the case? That has been the case. That's okay. a good question. So how have you worked through that um, with people that just, that's, yeah. that's the well, situation? Well, um, first, it, it's, it's begun with more self-awareness on my part. So... I grew up with white privilege, uh, even though, uh, I, as I mentioned, I grew up in two cultures. Uh, but the American side of my culture was a culture of privilege. Uh, parents with profession as professionals. I went to an Ivy League university, not because I was smarter or worked harder, but it was basically given to me. Uh, and so, so many of the things that I've experienced came out of a position of, that goes back to my grandparents of privilege. So. Now, with that awareness, I would say even in recent years, a greater awareness of that, it allows me to go back to the scriptures and see 
who God has a heart for. God has a part for those who are oppressed, those who are poor, those who do not have a voice. And he, he came, Jesus came, to free the captives, to preach the gospel to the poor. So if this is what God has a heart for, this is what I need to have a heart for. So uh, this has been revolutionizing my own heart in terms of my priorities, my relationships, who I want to initiate relationships with. Uh, so for Philadelphia Gospel Movement, uh, if we're simply representing churches that have affinity with my background, uh, we failed totally. Uh, but if we have a gospel movement that has an affinity with the things that Jesus, the people Jesus most has a heart for, uh, then I think we're on track with being obedient to Jesus' call. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as I'm able to share some of those things, both privately and publicly, uh, that has built, uh, at least it starts, it opens the door for trust. There still needs to be relational work, which I need to work on every day, mm-hmm. beginning with my own wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need, uh, I find, you know, how selfish I am and, and, you know, just chores around the house. You know, I'd rather somebody else did them than I did them. So as I'm more self-aware of the gospel, that Jesus loves me just as I am, uh, and uh, that my approval's based on God's love, not my performance, then I can be more open even with my own wife about my weaknesses, my failings. Oh, I messed up, Connie, please forgive me. That, that, that then flows into all my relationships. Yeah, uh, our marriage and our homes are oftentimes the boot camp um, to get us ready for some of the things we're going to experience in the world outside of our homes. And so it's just a, a great place for training. Now, if there are people out there that are thinking, um, so what's your agenda? Because after all, there's everybody has some form of agenda. Or what's up your sleeve? Or what's in it for you to do, bring this, uh, try to bring unity together in churches? How about you just kind of share your heart for the mission you're on to bring church unity so that agenda can be spelled out so people don't have to guess that, right? Sometimes people are thinking that, but they're not asking that Mm -hmm. because maybe it's too forthright. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's too aggressive, but it's still going on inside of them. And I think a lot of leaders are looking at other people um, with that in their mind. Like, what's up your sleeve? What's in it for you? So speak to that. Like, what, what just what is on your heart for the mission that you're on of bringing unity to the city? Well, to begin, uh, some days I fall back in my flesh. I'm looking at my reputation. What do people think of me? Are people even interested in supporting me or, or Philadelphia Gospel Movement financially? Uh, that's the fleshly side. But uh, when I look to Jesus in faith, uh, what I desire and have a passion for is that the body of Christ come together in answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17. Father, may they be one as you and I are one. And that out of that unity, we actually see gospel transformation in our city. And that, that and in that process, not that Philadelphia Gospel Movement is famous, but that Jesus is famous. And if people don't even know what's behind this, uh, that's okay, because cause it's actually not us. It's going to be the Holy Spirit, which leads me to an element I haven't talked about yet, which is foundational to all this, which is prayer. Uh, we Maybe the most significant thing we can do is encourage prayer to happen in churches, between churches, among Christian leaders, 
uh, praying for God's will to be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Philadelphia as it is in heaven. Yeah, that's great. Just the heart to bring Jesus' fame. And what better way than to be an answer to his prayer Mm -hmm. and his prayers that we would be one. Exactly that. And so that's your heart out of all things. That's the agenda. That's what's up your sleeve. It's really to be an answer to the Lord's prayer. That's great. So there's people out there um, that might want to find out more so they can become a part or just to learn a little bit more uh, about the Philadelphia gospel movement. How would they do that? Uh, One is uh, to look at our website, uh, philadelphiagospelmovement.org, philadelphiagospelmovement.org. There, as we are making plans for Movement Day, Philadelphia, November 9, 2019, we'll start posting more information. Right now, we just have saved the date uh, as we're getting the details together. Um, But other ways is uh, for you, uh, in whatever role you are, begin to pray with people who are different than you, intentionally whether it's your next-door neighbor who's different than you um, or someone from another church uh, that also loves Jesus but has a different maybe worship style, um, a different denomination or cultural or ethnic background, uh, encourage prayer. Uh, so um, that's our basic strategy is encouraging by neighborhood or outside the city of Philadelphia, by town, towns in the suburbs, uh, for Christians to come together uh, with those who are different from them, uh, that in itself will speak volumes to their neighbors. Uh, and then uh, we, uh, we will be holding a Philadelphia Gospel Movement event in November. Uh, so as you get more information, plan to come and plan to bring your friends with you. That's great. Yeah, they'll find out about that through the web or yes. they subscribe to something that's going on there. They should be notified. Thank you for sharing that. So this is the last question. And uh, being that this is the Cool Christian Nerds um, Philly special edition, I wanted to just uh, hear from you. What is one special thing that Philly has going on that you just want to make mention of? Uh, The Lord is doing something surprising. I think it's amazing. Right now, uh, there's a gathering of pastors across different ethnicities and denominations uh, coming together to work on a project uh, we're meeting at Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church under the leadership of Dr. Alan Waller, and we're working on th- a threefold project. One is bringing artists and musicians and production people together to produce Godspell, the musical that came out in the 1970s, um, and it was very popular. Uh, but it was interestingly based on 11 parables from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Uh, it's basically the story of Jesus. Uh, recounting these parables and so that Godspell musical is going to be put on right after uh, the day after Palm Sunday that's the first aspect the second aspect of the project is the group of pastors coming together working on a common project of 40 days of devotionals the 40 devotionals are all based on these 11 parables and so we're working together Uh, we're gathering again this week and hearing one another teach on these parables, and then give commentary on the, on the parables. Uh, and that will be published by American Bible Society. So it'll become available probably in the coming year, including online. Uh, and then the third aspect is uh, working together on a statement, which will become public and signed by all the pastors involved on what does 
God's justice, God's shalom look like for Philadelphia? Uh, so uh, that's an amazing thing that the Lord, and surprising that the Lord is bringing together pastors who normally don't even come into the same room together to work on this common project. It's pretty special, especially after all these years of, of prayers and efforts towards unity, that these are the things that are beginning to materialize and come about um, due to some of those things that have been worked on and being prayed about. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for being a part of this time and us hearing a little bit more about you, about the Philadelphia Gospel Movement. I appreciate you, and I hope a lot of people look to participate in some form, whether it's through prayer or presence, um, to be a part of what God is doing here in Philadelphia through the Philadelphia Gospel Mission, or movement, sorry. Um, and thank you again for being here and talking with us, Glenn. Jamie, thank you. Uh, the Lord is using you in a significant way as one of the kingdom leaders uh, to advance the gospel in our city and way beyond our city. So I'm thankful for you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. And that's our time for this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Cool Christian Nerd Podcast where you can get your digital discipleship fix. Till next time.